Brothers Podcast. My name is Keenan, joined by Kyle. Kyle, how's it going? I'm great. Doing wonderful. How how about you? How about yourself? I'm good. I'm actually I'm very good. It was a super easy day at work, so I'm gonna explain something about my job that uh we added that no one at work loves, but you know, the upper management says we have to do it, so we do it. By upper management, I even mean outside of our store. So our engagement was down for dicks. So like our surveys and things or like our customer satisfaction was down. So we have this new uh, program Hmm. thing called cheerleaders. What does that mean? We have a head coach up the front. The head coach is pretty much the manager for the hour who will answer questions, greet the people who come in. We have someone at the mall door who will greet people who comes in there. This person is another person who will walk around at the front, ask people how they're doing, if they need help finding anything, again, after already being asked, help uh, maybe if they point them in the direction, even though that's what we already have people doing, and pretty much we're supposed to just be up front with a bunch of pep and excitement. It is one of the pointless positions and one of the pointless uses of a body for an hour I have ever had to deal with, and today I did that for because of scheduling weirdness, I did that for like two and a half hours today. It was, it was a blast. Isn't that what y'all are supposed to do anyway? Is greet? Yeah. So every single person we greet regardless. Like if we, they come into our department and it's, Hey, how are you doing today? Can I help you with anything? You walk by someone, you say hello as you even like as regular human beings, you say hello for the most part. If you make eye contact with somebody, that's what we do anyway, but because our scores are down, they thought that adding this would be a way to better the uh, customer experience. But uh, it's one of the most pointless uses of a body I've ever I've ever seen. It's only going to last probably a month when our surveys go up, and then they're going to be like, you know what? This doesn't need to be a thing anymore. It'll run its course. But It'll be interesting if they don't go up. It'll be super interesting if they don't go up. It'd probably be because these people are too invasive on my personal space. I've been asked four times how I'm doing by four different people. So, no, I, it's one of the most pointless things I have ever had to do. And today, pretty much from 1130 until I left at 4, I was either up front at the head coach position, so, like, doing, like, some manager saying basically hi to other people or i was up there doing the quote-unquote cheerleading very interesting it was fun and fun fact so because i have obviously a lot of energy as you know a guy named jason there that works there thinks that he was like looking at people and guessing what they could have done like in high school he thought that i could have been a cheerleader in high school that was one of the things he thought that i might have done (laughs) interesting team which is a very interesting because like obviously you know me so you know i didn't cheerlead i played sports but no he just because of obviously cheerleaders are actually pretty athletic and then so he was like he looked at me he was like oh he's a pretty good athlete plus he has a lot of um cheer into him i think he possibly could have been a cheerleader and i was like ah, that wasn't my of, wasn't my lane but, jason but i appreciate it a lot of pep in his step. a lot of pep in my step Oh man, well, but that was that's the only interesting part of me. You anything interesting at all? Cheerleader keep uh nothing crazy here. Just gearing up for the Super Bowl. 
gearing up for All Star Weekend next weekend. Uh, yeah, nothing, nothing real crazy. Oh, UFC. Uh, oh yeah, that's true. That's true. I, look, huge, I will admit. Event. I will admit. I guess I was kind of overlooking that a because of the Super Bowl, b the event in January was the first event I haven't bought in like over a year probably. Uh, I did not find the card particularly worth buying, and it ended up being a pretty interesting card. Um, good fights, but at the same time, I'm not mad. I didn't spend the eighty. They, I mean, they moved up the price on it. Oh, they went to eighty now. Yeah, which is. Fairly unnecessary. I mean, I, I do as well. I haven't, I haven't bought a boxing pay per view in quite some time, but those used to be fifty. UFC at one time used to be fifty, and for them to be eighty, I mean that's excessive. It's one thing if it's a spectacular card, which I will say the cards coming up, especially after this weekend. This weekend's kind of top heavy. It's an entertaining card, but the championship fight, you know, which is Alexander Volkanovski, yeah, moving up. Moving up from from featherweight to lightweight to take on Islam Makachev, we've got his last name right, um, who is like the understudy to Khabib and has just true unbeatable potential. I mean, he's been beaten in the UFC, but his grappling is is so insanely top tier. Uh, it you know it doesn't look like there's many people who could beat him. I mean, he took down someone you would figure would be the immediate foil for him, which is Charles Oliveira, who has an outstanding ground game. Mm-hmm. He was no match. Uh, I would like to see a rematch of that personally, but this this is about as high level. I mean, if I'm comparing it to, you know, two football teams or two basketball teams, Chiefs I mean, Eagles. this is fair. <laughs> Chiefs Eagles, but very much. I wouldn't even say, I would say like the Niners maybe with Jimmy G against the Eagles. You know, two teams with truly not many holes, you know, and yeah. True. I mean, I was about to say heavyweights, but you know, it's literally a lightweight bout. But you know what I mean? They're they're, they're number two. one and two in pound for pound ranking. Yeah. You know, so these are truly the two best fighters in the UFC. Uh, the interesting thing about Volkanovski, he, so he's moving. Like I said, he's moving up from featherweight to lightweight. Lightweight's one fifty five. Featherweight's one forty five. He used to walk around. And I could be shortchanging him here. He used to walk around at, I believe, like 195, uh, maybe even in the 200s. He used to play rugby. So he could probably, this guy could probably even fight at middleweight, for all we know. Uh, so it's pretty, you don't usually see that much range for a guy, especially one of, of his height. Yeah. You know, he's a shorter guy. But uh, Volk's an outstanding fighter. Makaev, uh, I keep fucking mispronouncing his name, I believe. But I mean, like I said, he's an insanely crazy ground artist you know submission artist outstanding ground game um i don't know I, you could tell me that volk's gonna get finished pretty quickly or you could tell me it's gonna be a five-round fight i believe either because makaev is just that elite seemingly uh you know takes these guys down pretty quickly so we'll see we'll see i can't wait i'm still debating on if i'm actually gonna buy it uh you know, my stream last time worked pretty well. That was probably the best illegal stream I've had in quite some time. Shouts to Trent for that. Uh, speaking of Trent, hopefully we have him on here within the next two weeks. He's been he's been hitting me with some with some good NBA takes. I hate calling them takes, but you know, NBA opinions, UFC opinions, and yeah, things thoughts. like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So well, 
I mean, with the bat, with football obviously being done Sunday, um, obviously we're gonna have a couple more football shows, and then going forward we'll have the draft and when the off season hits with big moves and everything, because this off season should be more intriguing than any off season I really can remember. Obviously, the Brady one was intriguing just because Brady left, but yeah. Um, We'll be talking that, but basketball is going to be getting into full swing here. And obviously, speaking of basketball, congratulations to King James, the chosen one. Uh, He broke Kareem's all-time points record. He is now the holder of that record and probably will be the holder of that record for the rest of my life. Yeah, I mean, you know, never know, never know. What obviously, never know. Like maybe Luca or some guy we've never heard of before, because obviously, when Kareem did it, LeBron wasn't even born yet. So we obviously we don't know. But move on. Yeah, very, very dependent on how LeBron's career ends. Um, first of all, like you said, big congratulations to LeBron. Uh, that was one of the more cool sporting events I've watched in quite a while that yeah. did not have to do with like the outcome of the game. You know what I mean? Um, mm. I don't think I felt that I'm trying to find the words here. I don't think I've, you know, I don't think a record has felt that important in sports in quite some time to me. Uh, like I remember growing up the since bonds. The home, yeah. The home run record was a big deal. Cause that had stood the test of time for quite some time. Um, even Bonds getting to 600 was a big deal. Uh, as far as football goes, I think the passing touchdown record was a big deal when Manning broke it because it that had been over 20 years, I believe, that Marino had the record. And then Tom uh, Brady breaks it but not long after Manning that. broke uh, – oh, so that one, sorry. Sorry, okay, I got confused on the second one. Yes, go on. Yeah, no, sorry. So Manning broke the passing touchdown record. Yep. And then Brady breaks it a few years later. Then I yep. believe Manning breaks it again. And then, yes. correct me if I'm wrong, does Mahomes have it now or does Manning nope. still have it? Manning has it. Uh, Mahomes got to 50 and he tied Brady. And then, because Manning had 48 or 49 after Marino had 48, Brady got to 50. Then Manning went to 55. That's right. Yeah. So he started that season off with a seven touchdown game, I believe, against the Ravens. Right. So that one's, yeah, exactly. That one's changed over you know, two or three times since yeah. it was broke. Uh, and, uh, you know, Breeze got the passing yards record once upon a time. Brady got it against the Pats. And I don't know if you remember this. It was very anticlimactic because he originally was going to be a yard short. It cut to a commercial break. And then, yeah, he moved it. And it was like, oh, Brady broke the record. You know what I mean? And I don't know. There's not... Records don't particularly mean that much in the NFL as it used to in baseball. Now, baseball, obviously, as we've said before, like nowhere near as popular as it was 25 years ago. Records in Uh, baseball happen to be like the most important, I would say, when you come across sports, to be honest with you. They used to be. I think if you ask maybe the fans, sure, but even now, like the game's changed so much. As far as pitching and hitting and the mm. whole approach to everything. Yeah. It, you know, it's really hard to scale it. Because even, now. like, the Aaron Judge thing was, like, huge for baseball. I know only, like, obviously, obviously he didn't get to 73. He only broke Roger Maris's record of 61. But, like, that chase was huge. I feel like when you go sport by sport, 
like the MLB true fans hold their records in higher lore than the NBA ones do and the NFL ones do. But like obviously as a totality, because as you said, the MLB is just not as high of rated a sport any longer. This the yeah. it's not like cover it's not nationally covered like say LeBron's point record was. Yeah, well, yeah, MLB is basically a regional sport, much like the NHL is now. Like there was a time when all four of those sports, NBA, NHL, NFL, MLB, were all, I don't want to say equally as important, but, you know, held some sort of importance nationally. Everyone had their niche because nothing was, like, fully, fully global yet. So sure. I, I feel and, like, yeah. And, and even when the NBA went global, you know, the NHL in the 90s and the MLB, especially in the 90s and early 2000s, was still still big. Oh, yeah, yeah, um, for sure. But, yeah, no, MLB, I mean, you couldn't. You gave me the top 50 stars in the MLB, line them up. Who knows how many I could, you know, point out. You know what Probably I mean? Compared five. to All depends, right? You know, compared to the NBA, where I think most people, I could be wrong here, but I think if you took the top 25 NBA players and lined them up, your casual fan or even your someone who hardly watches, who may even just, you know, just a casual TV guy who sees these guys in commercials, you know, like someone like Dame Lillard, I think your average person who somewhat knows sports but doesn't necessarily watch the NBA could identify someone like Dame Lillard or Kyrie Irving. Yeah, just you know? off of the commercials or something. Like if you were to ask baseball, I mean Trout and Judge, and from there, yeah. maybe Kershaw or maybe Mookie. And that's because you watch. That's because you watch sports or have watched baseball here and there. I mean, Trout doesn't have a particularly. Uh, yeah you know, striking mm-hmm. or signature face or, you know, you know yeah, what I mean? Like, I was gonna say, not... Judge and Mookie Betts would be the two that I'm thinking of just because I've like vividly seen them on enough, like regular commercials to where like, if you were just a regular sports fan, you would see them like, Oh, that he was on subway. I think that's Aaron judge. <laughs> but, like that kind uh, of thing. You know, back to Braun. I mean, that's the most important record in the NBA as far as individual, because that one's, you know, stood for so long. Yeah. And no, it was definitely cool to watch. That's that's the first time I've seen a buzz in a building like that since maybe Kobe's last game, as far as a game that had no true impact on standings and stuff like that. You know what it's I mean? A, yeah, it was it uh, definitely eclipsed for sure Steph's uh three point record last year for sure. But like that sure. would, that would be the other one that I'm thinking of right now that had like no impact on standings that was like because obviously that's a record that now probably won't again be broken in my lifetime. Again, never know. But he'll probably get know. north of four thousand, like LeBron will get north of forty. All depends. All depends on how either of these guys for sure. At. For you know sure. I mean? um, and especially, you never know with the three because the three is more prominent now. But uh, yeah, I missed the Steph game. I remember I was playing basketball that night, and I was pretty upset that I didn't watch it it was a good moment it was a really cool moment especially because ray and reggie was calling the game who's third all time obviously and then red uh, ray Ray was at the game so and then dell was there too so obviously like his family was there so it was a pretty cool moment in that one and i think that one's one where nba fans can get behind that you know what i mean like i remember i remember when ray broke it when he was on the celtics against the lakers uh it was a home game and that was like a cool moment because it was Celtics Lakers and they were both still two competitive teams. Mm-hmm. And that was a cool moment, but that one probably didn't transcend sports. This one, you know, I think 
if you're a fan of any sport last night, you know, we've talked about the NBA's ratings before. They're not necessarily the greatest anymore, but, you know, I think last night probably pulled in a lot of numbers and you probably had a lot of people who haven't watched the NBA in a long time, maybe watch that game. Uh, it was a super cool moment for me. Once again, uh, you know, I've seen I mean, my earliest memory of LeBron is watching one of his St. Vincent and St. Mary's games. Like, Oh, this is the next guy, you know, this is the one they're comparing to magic and Michael, you know? And, uh, he was you the know, chosen one and exceeded expectations, which is somehow I don't know how, but he did. So exactly, no, he's lived up. To, he's lived up and blown away every expectation he's had. He's exceeded the hype, lived up more than lived up to the hype. Um, you know, there's there's certain aspects of LeBron as an NBA player from my NBA fandom that I love to uh, hate on, and not even on a oh, he's a Celtics fan type of guy. No, there's this, there's some shit. And if you've listened to this podcast, you know there's some stuff about LeBron that genuinely annoys me. Uh, you never hear me talk about LeBron James as a player. LeBron James is, you know, everything you could say about Kobe, MJ, Larry Bird, any, any great player, anything you want to say about them as far as work ethic, as far as showing up every night, as far as, you know, not cheating the game. Just playing the right way, LeBron does that. LeBron's been incredible. It's going to, you know, last night's one of the first nights I truly thought, like, man, it's going to be really weird when he leaves. Like, there's going to be a ton of stars, a, a ton of young stars. We'll probably still have Steph in the league when he leaves. Who knows? You know, LeBron might play for another eight years. Who knows? But, uh, you know, last night was the first night I was truly like, damn, when he leaves, like, what's, what's this going to look like, you know? Yeah. Because... I mean, you know, Jordan left the first or the second time, I should say, after his second three-peat, there was a lot of stars still in the league. You know, you still had KG, Duncan, Allen Iverson, Kobe, Shaq, all those guys. Even people like Hakeem and, you know, David Robinson. You passed the, the end, but yeah. But you still had a lot of these guys still in the league. And really, nobody took the face. I mean, you know, you let people tell it now, people will say Kobe, but... But he wasn't. It wasn't really. It wasn't really. It was more like a, a Shaq, Kobe. It was more the Lakers, thing. and then like yeah, like the and Lakers I, took I, it themselves. I, oh I yeah, yeah. Was the most popular player in the league there in the mm -hmm. early two thousands, pretty much up until Bron. And then since Bron's been in the league, he's been the face, you know. And you know Curry's kind of become the co-face over the last eight to ten years, maybe six to eight years, but uh, since still that twenty sixteen season, yeah. Yeah, still not in the mantle that maybe LeBron has carried the league. So, I mean, it's incredible. It doesn't look like he's slowing down anytime soon. Um, I know you had some questions related to the scoring record, related to LeBron's career. So I'm, I'm very excited to answer those. Yeah. Um, I've luckily not seen. I uh, granted, I don't like I've said here before. I don't really watch ESPN that much. Uh, tried to scale back my Twitter usage a lot. That'll change certainly tomorrow with uh, the trade deadline, which mm. is one of my favorite moments of the NBA season. Um, and we'll certainly talk about that tonight, too, with two particular moves that have gone on this week. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, as far as, you know, scaling Twitter today and haven't really checked ESPN or anything like that, I haven't seen too much of, uh, you know, LeBron versus Jordan talk i mean i've seen jordan trending which means it is going on but i haven't seen it too much on my timeline which is cool because i mean 
but both have given the game so much, like more than you could even calculate into words what those two have given the sport of basketball. So, yeah, just as a viewer, like seeing LeBron since shit, the age of 11, 12 to now I'm 31, mm-hmm. seeing LeBron whole career, uh, no, nah, that was very cool to see. Very cool to see. It was my first memory of LeBron, like true one, was that 07 run to the finals. Because I started really watching basketball in 06. Like I kind of followed Shaq, which is how I became a Heat fan because he obviously went to the Heat in 04, 05. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of, and then that 05, 06 playoff run is how I became a fan of D Wade. And then that's how I really became a fan of like, trying to watch as much basketball as I could. I mean, I was only nine at the time, and baseball was my favorite sport. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, but that was that 07 run was when I first remember LeBron. I remember a few games, I don't know why, against the Wizards, some playoff games. I do remember his uh, 48 against Detroit. So that was like my first real memory of LeBron. And then when he went to Miami, obviously I got – like I was kept watching and then I got a real close look at him because I watched him as much as I possibly could, as did everybody because he was on national TV all the time. And not cheating the game is, I don't think you could p- apply it to anyone more so than LeBron. Like obviously Mike never cheated the game, like but like LeBron is just up there. He, he whines for calls, sure. People get a, a little, he's a diva. Of course, fine, whatever. But when it comes to between the lines and like actually playing the game, he's going out there, he's putting the work in, and you more even more credit to his off season work because he never comes in out of shape. He never comes in lacking. He's always the best him he possibly can be because he knows what he means to the game. So again, just congratulations to him a hundred percent for sure. And it was really a very, very cool moment to see him pass that. And I'm glad it wasn't on like a, on just like a little thing. I'm glad it wasn't like a weird, like bounce, like, oh, up and in. Like it was a fadeaway, beautiful, nothing but net. Yeah, I'm, like, I'm glad it wasn't a foul shot or something like that. Yeah, I would have, I would have honestly, if I was LeBron, I probably would have missed it on purpose. <laughs> I wouldn't have wanted to get it on a foul shot. I think that would have had like garbage. Obviously, if it was at the end of the game, like it was the last couple, but. I, th- I thought it was really cool. Like He was like, okay, let me get the ball top of the key. And then third quarter, he kind of just put on a show. So that was – it was really good to see. But so my question to you about this is – go, go, Oh, you're good. You're good. You're good. Uh, I just want to say – and we'll talk trades after, but I just want to break a little news here. Josh Hart for Cam Reddish. Josh Hart to the Knicks, Cam Reddish to the Blazers. Mm. <laughs> couple other picks involved there and players but you know that's the that's the meat of that trade is reddish to the blazers josh hart to the knicks not uh, bad i mean josh I, you get a defender and josh hart who can play who can shoot for the knicks so that fits the mold there and then cam reddish is a wing pretty athletic and shoot so i don't hate that he, for either team young guy too uh younger guy yeah I do think it's going to be a very active deadline tomorrow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, that's my prediction. Uh, usually you can't really tell, but usually when you see trades the night before, and, I mean, I told you a couple weeks ago my prediction. Granted, it ended up being 
the most tradable star you could you could ask for with Kyrie. But I told you, I thought a star player would be moved in the coming weeks, and it you know turned out to be the one anybody would bet on. And that'd be mm. Kyrie. Kyrie to the Mavs. Kyrie's playing his first game for the Mavs right now, back in the number two jersey as well. Yeah. Uh, I have my own thoughts about that. We can talk about that trade. In oh, the we'll Westbrook get we'll get into that trade definitely. after. But go ahead, go ahead. I know you have some questions. So uh, I also excited. sorry. Um, one thing I really like for a picture, I always like obviously because it started with Wilt one hundred when he held up the paper. I always like it when you put like points on the paper and like hold it up. I think that's just so cool for like an icon because like LeBron, I just saw his photo with the point record on it. I think that's so dope. But so where do you think LeBron ranks as an all time scorer for you? Like where would you put him in your ranking? Just as a pure scorer? As a like if you so if you had to rank I did mine in the modern because it's hard for me to rank like Wilt, Jerry West, Elgin Baylor, those people. So it's, I, I always have a tough time just because, like, obviously the stats are there, but then the league was different, so it's really hard for me to always do that. So I kind of always go modern day and technically Kareem's grandfathered in because he played in the non-modern day and the modern day. Right. Uh, so I typically I've go thought, modern day. I've thought about this a lot because it started with yesterday. I saw a JJ Reddit clip of him. Probably, yeah. I think it was a podcast yep he was saying how you basically have to consider lebron a top three scorer of all time because he's about to break the record and such and such mm-hmm. uh, i don't necessarily agree with that uh well i mean let's lebron's never been considered the best scorer in the league because when he came in kobe was there yeah Iverson was there um you know it's ended right there kobe scored 81 in the game in the flow of the game Right, mm-hmm. uh, you know, second half of his career, he's got Durant, you know, uh, and Durant, it's him and Bird for like the top scoring forwards of all time, like just off, and, and of course, Braun, you throw Braun in there too, of course, but as a pure scorer, Braun's probably up there. Like, if you if you made the list top 20, top 15, LeBron's somewhere in there. I'm just putting people like Durant, MJ, Kobe, uh, even someone like Kyrie. Kyrie, I mean, we actually talked about this a few weeks ago because, I, or I think it was even last week, because Trent said to me he thought Dame is the best pure point guard scorer. And I would say Kyrie, because of his handle, because of his three-level scoring, he can do it mid-range at the basket from the three, and he can just get anywhere. You know, between his footwork and his handle, there is not a shot in this league that, or anywhere on the court that Kyrie can't get off, right? Mm-hmm. I'd even throw Luca in there too, as a pure scorer. Um, and he he like LeBron dominates because of his physicality. So, you know, Bron's somewhere in there, especially now. Like his scoring's as pure as ever, as he's aged. You know, especially since I would say 2016 and on. You know, yeah. Um, so I would say he's somewhere in the top 20. I mean, he's shit. He's the leading scorer and counting. So he's got to be somewhere up there, but. No, I don't put him with Mike, Kobe. Uh, again, I'll throw Kyrie in there. Um, and if you want to go with these shooter first, or even look at a guy like Dirk who can score from the line, from the three, from the mid-range, at the basket. Uh, you know, 
LeBron's still up there, you know, just like with the Wilts, with the Shacks who get their points off physicality. LeBron's got a jump shot. Let's not get it twisted. But, you know, if you ask me in general, not today, if you ask me who, like, the best scorers are, LeBron's not going to be one of the first names that immediately come up, you know? And I don't think that's a, I don't think that's a slight to him either. You know, if you ask one of the LeBron sexuals, you know, they'll probably get in a, a tizzy over it and say he's got to be considered top two, top three. You know what I mean? So, you know, I don't necessarily look at it that way. He's definitely, you got to put him in the top 20. You have to. He's always averaged, you know, 25 to 30 points for sure. But was his game ever predicated on, you know, a jump shot or the three-point shot or even, you know, getting to the rim. I mean, MJ was getting to the rim too, you know what I mean? So I can't, and Kobe, all them guys were getting to the rim. Don't get it, don't get it twisted. But, you know, LeBron was much like how Giannis is right now early in his career. Get to the rim, get to the rim, get to the rim, get to the rim. And there's nothing wrong with that. But, you know, LeBron's somewhere in the top 15 for sure. So before I say what I feel, so you're going off of, what almost the tools in your bag rather than how like we were production essentially yeah i'm 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 kind of i'm putting in both because like i said lebron's always average from 25 to 30 but i mean look him or mellow right mm. who, who you know mellow's mellow made a living off being a scorer you know what i mean like that's his thing the, and, uh, the hard thing is the numbers. Then when you go numbers wise, when you break down the numbers, LeBron stacks up would take out just the total points. Cause I did nothing total points wise. He stacks up more towards the top five than I even thought he did to be completely honest with you. That uh, makes sense. His scoring average for his career is probably like what? 27, 28. Yeah, so it's 27.2. So here's what I did because I tried when I did this before, I always thought I've thought in my head forever that KD to me is the most natural like talented scorer ever and Mike is like the best. Like I always had that like is it KD or Mike in my head going through stats, I realized cuz I didn't get to watch it as much that like as KD I look and he has zero holes in his scoring game and obviously Mike just didn't shoot as many threes I feel like if he played today he would have been able to but like three point shots weren't his thing he could do it if needed uh Mike stats wise is just ridiculous obviously like he's just ridiculous but like LeBron is up there with anybody else when you mm-hmm. go stats wise so it's really hard to have this conver like this conversation because it really depends on what because I agree with you in the sense of if you're just going off of like who has the biggest scoring bag, then yeah, like LeBron would be in your like around 10 to 15. Like he can do a lot of things, but he couldn't do everything and he had to develop into it where Kyrie as you came in. Even, like, someone like Steph has a lot in his bag, too, because obviously he can finish around the basket. Like, uh, you have AI, Harden, as someone people kind of forget about because of how his career ended up. But Harden, obviously, 
three or four years back was averaging 36 and a half. Um, Harden, more so it's because of the foul shots. It, Harden know? was foul shots, but at this, he was a lot of threes and he, Harden has some games too. Like it for sure going think, through these stats. It was kind of like crazy. So I, what I did was I can just quickly explain. I put, I did a list. I have points per game. I had 30 point seasons because I felt like that was a good mark. Like obviously when you're a high school, you have 30 point seasons. Then how many times you went over 30, over 40, over 50, over 60, and then scoring titles. Mike, if you take out, if you take out Wilt, Mike's first in everything. Mm-hmm. So he had, Mike went over 40, 173 times. He went over 50, 31. He went over 64 times, which is second to Kobe because Kobe, yeah. But other than that, and he had 10 scoring titles and he did it on about 50% shooting. So, like, when it comes to scoring, Mike would be there. And then, then there, to me, there's a conversation between LeBron, Kobe, and KD. When you're going off of, I under, like, I agree with you when you're talking bag. When you're coming, like, fully, like, looking that into what you produce, the production, he would be top five. LeBron. Absolutely. Production, of course. So like, and so like, and that's kind of, and that's kind of, I guess, where like where the conversation comes in, because it's is like, is it how you get your points, or is it what you, or is is it getting them? Like, I think when you, that's uh, like I said, I think you factor in both, because I mean, look, if Giannis does this for another six years, where he's averaging around thirty, he's gonna be. Top. We can put it. We can put him in these same conversations too. But and I mean, I would if, personally. If you, but if you want a bucket at the end of the day, who are you choosing, Giannis or KD? You're gonna choose KD all day. You know what I mean? So, I, I, but I mean, I wouldn't be mad if someone did choose Giannis because he can get to the. He has KD has more options to him. So I sure. get. So of course, but like LeBron has, or LeBron has less options per se than KD. But again. I wouldn't be mad if someone said LeBron because he can get to where he wants to get to whenever he wants to get there. So it doesn't really, if I had to get two points, he could get me two points. Absolutely. You can say that about most of the elite. I'm saying when you're breaking it down for scores, uh, you know, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm picking KD over most forwards. I just am. And of course, LeBron can get you as quality of a shot. Of course, but if we're also taking in free throw shooting, which is part of scoring, you're going to take someone like KD. You're going to take someone like, excuse me, Kobe, MJ, and a few others over LeBron if you're counting in foul shooting because that also does have to do with scoring. Um, this is all not, you know, again, I'm not knocking LeBron here, but, you know, that's just how I look at scoring. So, like, when you put, like, we've had this debate because you said it's, you know, KD, is the best perimeter scorer. And I say, you know, look, I like KD as a player better than I ever liked Kobe as a player, right? Like, I never, you know, I grew up rooting against Kobe. But that being said, Kobe's one of the most ridiculous scorers I've ever seen as far as someone who can just keep going and going and shooting and attacking. Uh, Durant, we never, and maybe we will get to see it now without Kyrie, but we've never really seen Durant, like, just do that, you know, go for four. Like, even Cam Thomas just got three straight 40-point games. We've never even seen a stretch like that 
hardly out of KD. You know, maybe 25-point games and up, 30. So I mean, playoffs when the – as I say, you kind of had that pretty much in the playoffs against the Bucks in that series. Yeah, yeah he did have a phenomenal and run then, in that. And then 20. with the Warriors before he got injured, he was kind of on that exact same streak. He was playing at an absolutely incredible level. He was playing, he was playing lights out. But even still, that's – you know, you got to take into consideration – he got Steph and Clay around him too, and I, you know, I guess I'm. And Kobe had Shaq a lot, Pau Gasol, Andrew Bynum. I mean, Kobe had a. I mean, sure. Kobe had that middle stretch where he was putting up points, but obviously, so if you're going, I guess individual... I mean, I guess I mean more so Kobe seeing more doubles than KD because you can't you can't double KD if he's got Clay and Steph is more so what I mean. But I'm getting away from LeBron here. What I meant more so with when we've talked about KD versus Kobe is Kobe's mentality versus KD's. KD just doesn't. If you would have asked any of us in 07 when Katie's coming into the league, you know, how many 60-point games is Kevin Durant going to have? I think people would have said several, right? And I don't think he's had one in his career. He Maybe hasn't. one. I think his career, yeah, his career has like 54. 54. Uh, Le- it was against the Warriors. LeBron's got a 61-point game. You know, LeBron's got a lot of high-scoring games. His high-scoring games happen to peak mostly in the mid-40s, high-30s to high-40s. You know, he's got a few 50s. But 14. He's got 14 50 point games. Yep. Shouts to him. So maybe I'm wrong there. So maybe he he peaks from 38 to 50. That's a lot of 50 point games. I I can go. I mean, Mike has 31. Kobe has 25. Harden has 23, which is again why I was mentioning Harden. Like it's for, I think he's a little forgotten sometimes. And then Dame and LeBron both have 14. Steph and AI have 11, Kareem has 10, KD has 9, and then Shaq has 3. Reason why those are there is because in some order, those are, I mean, not that order, those are the 10 that I have on this modern day top 10 scores. Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's basically where I fall with it. Between, if we're talking about KD, LeBron, in comparison to Kobe, it's more so mentality, which that's a given for LeBron anyway. He's, I want to say pass first, because I think that one's thrown out a lot, but he's definitely more of a willing passer than most of those guys. Oh, yeah. Right? Um, so that's what it comes down for me is, yeah, a mixture of your bag, if you want to call it that, mixed with, uh, mixed with your numbers, mixed with your whole arsenal, whether it's three-pointers, whether it's getting to the rim, whether it's foul shooting, mid-range, handle, all that. Um, so that you know, that's how I judge my scores. Again, I'll throw Mello in there too because I, I haven't really shown Mello enough. Mello was in the com- Mello. For me, obviously, I had I was going through it, and Mello was there too. I had written a few names down here that I also didn't end up going with because of the fact that numbers wise they didn't stack up like I thought they were going to. But Carmelo was one of them, and then I looked. T Mac was another one. Like those two guys, I thought that their numbers would stack up more than what I thought. And then as I went through, I was like, oh, Dame's numbers stacks up a little more than I even thought they were going to at this point in his career. When that you... might be true. Like, even, like, let me shoot Melo some bail here. Melo, I didn't realize he's ninth on the scoring list. Yeah, you know, and he's I... been like, he's been oddly, he's been a mini LeBron in the sense of he's just been like the same guy. For, he was the same guy for like over a decade, 
Like he just was like he came in just scoring and then was around the same average scoring like every single season. It yeah, was- Melo's definitely easily in the top ten perimeter scorers I've ever seen. Um, so yeah, I mean for him to be ninth and for him to really have a bench role the last what five seasons of his career. One of the seasons he didn't even get picked up. You know, he played like fourteen games with the Rockets, then Damn. we never saw him. And he's still ninth. I mean, you know, that's that definitely has him up there for me. T Mac certainly one of the best perimeter scorers. Like T Mac was an animal, an animal. And yeah, you're right. Like maybe as far as health and all that, he's not gonna stack up next to LeBron, Mike, Kobe. But for for a stretch there in the early to mid two thousands, he was right there with Kobe as far as scoring. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I just meant like his his peaks weren't like the same, like the amount of like fifties and sixties and things like that, that he went for just didn't, wasn't the same. Cause that wasn't even just like total points for me or like wins or whatever, because when it comes to scoring, it was just putting the ball in the basket was kind of what I did and how you did it and like how well you did it. And so that's what, when I was going through this, I was looking at numbers and then I went through the playoffs and did the same thing with numbers because I was interested there as well. And it was also very interesting to see some of these playoff numbers from the same people. Like Harden completely dips off, but like AI has three 50 point games in the playoffs and he only played 71 games. And it's like, okay. (laughs) It's like, all right, AI. But like that's kind of where I was going with this. I wanted to just see. Because you were talking, like, when we talked about KD and Mike Earl, like, before, you were you were talking, like, KD j- is great, obviously, scoring-wise, but he just hasn't had as many of those explosions as you would want to see out of your greatest or, like, your top two greatest. And I was, so then I was, like, thinking about it. I was, like, that's a good point to that. So I went through and I looked at all that, and LeBron stacked up more than I even like remember because you don't think of LeBron first as a guy who puts the ball in the basket. You think of him just as the team guy. Yeah, LeBron's definitely got the games. He's got the games, you know, especially early on in his career. And uh yeah, I mean the two explosive the two most explosive scorers I've seen uh would have to be MJ and Kobe. Then you can throw the trio of uh Curry, Kyrie, and Lillard in there. And I would put them, I know you got, you've listed me Harden's games, but I would, I re, how they get their baskets compared to how Harden was getting his baskets. I mean, Harden got a better whistle than damn near everybody else. He got, he definitely got a better whistle than LeBron. And that's saying something. Uh, Harden's gotten a, you know, a whistle we haven't seen since maybe MJ. And, you know, MJ deserves his calls. Shit. By the way, while we're talking perimeter scores, Keenan, can't leave your boy D Wade off there. Oh no, wait, no, wait, wait, no, Wade. As I say, Wade just when I did this list, I was going more statistical, like than I was going just off of like everything. So like statistically, when it comes up to it as well, but obviously Wade can Wade's a bucket. He, he Wade's a bucket. Don't get like don't get wrong. I've looked into him thoroughly. He's a bucket. This numbers wise as well with it, it doesn't stack up as much. It's kind of like when you're talking th- like passers in the on uh, the NFL, you're like, okay, so you think of Mahomes, you think of Rodgers, you think of Brady, but Brady's arm, 
like when it comes to like arm angles and everything doesn't always stack up with Aaron Rodgers, Mahomes and people like Josh Allen even has like more of like a live arm, but his numbers and what he did with what he had brought him so high that it's like he has to be considered one of the best passers ever. You know what I mean? That's kind of what I feel like with LeBron. Yeah. If that makes yeah, no, sense. No no argument there. No argument there. Because I, w- I wouldn't, like, you wouldn't say that Brady any- wouldn't be, like, you wouldn't be like, okay, Brady's, like, a top one passer ever because of the fact that he didn't have, he didn't have an Elway arm. He didn't have a Marino arm. He didn't, but he, what he had with his arm, he did win three MVPs. He threw for 50 touchdowns. He obviously holds every single record that you could possibly hold as of right now, so. Yeah, and let's let's not get it twisted. Brady could oh he could throw, throw it the deep ball. Oh, he could throw and, uh, and make you know NFL quality throws. Oh, and of he course. Elway, Mahomes, Rogers, far no, but who does? You know what I mean? Like, you know, if you have that kind of arm, you're almost getting a starting yeah. job by default, even if you don't get that accuracy. We've seen that. You know yeah, what so I mean? So it's kind of so that's kind of the same kind of conversation with LeBron. Is like he doesn't have everything that they have, but it's like where do you rank? Like how do you put their production and their skills set together? And where how do you yeah. rank that together? And the people's rankings are a little different on yeah, how I'm you not, do that. As LeBron in their top five, top ten, if you want to put them top three, you can't argue it. Uh, I mean, I will say, look, who who was number two all time? A lot of the years of that scoring record was Carl Malone. You won't ever hear anybody call Carl Malone one of the greatest scorers of all time, but he also too played the M near 20 years. And uh, again, this, that might sound like I'm slighting LeBron. I'm absolutely not. It's a, it's been a gift that he's played for this long truly has at this high of a level. And like Uh, he hit this record in his 20th season and no one's even been remotely close to the player he is in his 20th season. He's still top 10. No one's supposed to even like top 25. Like, Kobe averaged the most, and he was, like, 18, and we all knew Kobe was a shell of himself. That was after his Achilles, and he was old, old. Right, and Kobe was on pace to break it had he not torn his Achilles. Yes. Um, What's the other point I was going to make about LeBron? LeBron, I mean, he was – LeBron was the quickest to, like, all the major point milestones, like 5,000, 8,000, 10,000. He was the quickest and youngest to all those. So we really saw he was going to be – the one to probably break this record was just a matter if he could stay healthy. He certainly did. Mm-hmm. Uh, so how much he extends will, you know, obviously depend on his health. Uh, but you, you know, you got to give. If if for some reason he doesn't get much more than forty thousand, uh, you got to give Luca a shot at it because Luca's going to be, you know, closing in on all those youngest to this, youngest to that as well. Yeah. Uh, depending on how their birthdays match up but he's his pace is going to be right there maybe even higher because i think he probably averages more points than lebron did in his first few seasons so maybe i think they're around the same because obviously lebron only averaged a little over 20 ish but then after that lebron had like that 31 point season and then yeah i was 20 he went from 21 27 31 and then luka went from Hold on just a second. Luca went from 21, 28, 27. So, yeah, they're roughly around the same. Luca might like start to eclipse him because obviously this year he's averaging 33, and then he might continue to average like plus 30s. But 
So we'll see. Luka's the one guy, if he stays healthy and plays in the league long enough to where he would have a chance, depending on how far LeBron moves the goalpost. Absolutely. But that was yeah, my, that was my question on that one. Okay. Uh, I was very interested, and I was say, and as I was talking to you, I was just intrigued to see like the numbers, like, uh, and also you're right too to where like a Steph fifty and a LeBron fifty are just like two feel two different feels, or a Kyrie fifty and a LeBron fifty. It's weird how it is, like because if Steph goes off for fifty, it just feels more mesmerizing. Like the LeBron fifties, not that it's not crazy at all, but like the one that you really think of, at least for me. LeBron 50 was his game one of the finals like because that game he was you have certain games with LeBron's where LeBron where you think of it but there are other games where it's like oh he's like he's rolling but he's getting a lot of it's just in transition getting to the basket making the right play and then just he just so easy he can get to the basket so easy that it makes it not less impressive but just less mesmerizing if that makes sense I guess uh, yeah. I guess shooting for me I guess shooting is less, more mesmer like dribble hand like dribble step back bomb three or like a beautiful move is more mesmerizing than LeBron jab step pump fake two dribbles gets to the basket with his left. Well, my counter to that would be a lot of LeBron's high scoring games are when he has his jumper rolling. So I think a lot of his high scoring games are extremely fun to watch. Yes, Steph, Dame, Kyrie. Again, those are like hella exciting to me. Uh, my, my this is a little more exciting, I guess. I my, my comparison to them was more so to Harden. Like, I think, I think Harden's an all-time great scorer, but I think, I think he's just like I can't. I can think of the box scores where Harden's had insane box scores, right? But I can't think of many games off the top of my head with Harden where I'm like, damn, they couldn't, they just couldn't hold him that night. Whereas, like, you know. We've seen Clay get it in 60 and three quarters. We've seen Kobe get 61 quarters. And like with Kobe and MJ, mid range all day, getting to the bucket, couple threes here and there. You know what I mean? You're getting the whole arsenal with them, as well as the guards we mentioned. Harden, man, a lot of these. And don't get me wrong, Kobe too. Kobe will get to the line and Mike a ton in these games. But I mean, those two were much more athletic. Harden, so they didn't have to hunt for it. You know what I mean? They were just so unguardable, they're getting fouled. Same with Dwayne Wade in his prime. Same with LeBron. You're so unguardable, you're going to get fouled. Yeah. Uh, you just don't see, to me, and I don't want <laughs> don't want to make it sound like I'm shitting on Harden a ton, because, I mean, we know I'm not the biggest fan of prime James Harden. I actually like him more now as a sixer and a point guard than I did when he was on the Rockets. But, I mean, you just don't see Kyrie and Curry and Lillard hunting eight out of 10 times down the floor for a foul, you know? Yeah. You might see them stick out their legs for a three point call here and there. It's kind of how Steph got injured in the first place this past couple of weeks. Um, but Harden, those years in Houston, when it was him with the ball all the time, the way Luca is now, um, he was hunting, no joke, seven, eight out of 10 times down the floor. He's looking for a foul more than he is a bucket. It's just the truth of it. Yeah. Um- uh, and also like on one, those step back threes too. Uh, I got a point after you when you're done. Oh yeah, and then the last thing I was gonna say, you know, if you pull LeBron in that type of offense where it's him shooting the ball all the time, like it was with right now Luca, which it won't be as much now with Kyrie, but Luca and Harden, like if you put LeBron in those type of offenses, where yes, early in his Cavs career it was LeBron here taking the ball, but 
if you're telling him to shoot a million times, he put up those numbers too. You know what he I mean? He probably put up 36, 13, and 9 like he did in the finals yeah. against the Warriors. Like, because that's literally yeah, what it was. <laughs> like, everything I've said about how LeBron maybe not be the score that KD and Kobe are, and, you know, those are his contemporaries. He didn't really play when MJ was in the league at all. So, you know, when I compare him to them, no, I don't think he's as talented as a scorer as those two. But no, he could get 35 a game in his sleep if he wanted to. If he wanted to. The same way, I would say, if Kobe, Dwayne Wade, and MJ, if they put their mind to it, they could average 10 assists a game, you know, with their attack in the basket prowess. Absolutely. So, the last yeah. point I wanted to make before we, pro- we move on to these trades is in I'm looking on like StatMuse actually if anyone wants to look for cool stuff StatMuse has like StatMuse. everything it's amazing yeah. anything you ask they'll answer yeah as I say, as long as it happens they'll answer uh so in Harden's 50 point games he averages 17 free throws a game he's shooting him at 91% good for him but um Mike averaged about a little under 15 and Kobe averaged a tick over 15 and they and the way they got their fouls was different, obviously, as you yeah. know, as you know too. So I'm just saying, like Harden even averaged a little bit more free throws, and the way that they got their free throws was a little bit different. So yeah. just to and bolster your point a little bit, not that Harden couldn't score or anything like that, because Harden yeah, Harden, Harden's a bucket. Harden's a bucket. Like I was, I was one of these guys who thought when Harden was coming off the bench on the Thunder, I thought he was the third two guard in the league behind Wade and Kobe before he even, like, really popped off, if I'm going to pat myself back here. Um, but, you know, like, I, I was not surprised by his success early on in Houston. But it was a few years, after those first two or three years in Houston, like, he just he just became such a flopper and foul hunter that it was, like, disgusting to watch. But, no, don't get it twisted. Between Harden's handle and his step-back ability, yeah, he can definitely fill it up, but... It's, it's just a difference between him and someone like Kobe or T-Mac to me. You know, that's that's all it is. But It's really could... it's really crazy to look at these Um, if you're just going through. So if anyone wants to, just go, like, type in, like, LeBron James 50-point games and go to StatMuse. They'll have it, and they'll show you kind of their, like, splits. It's really crazy kind of to see, like, how they did it in every game because it takes it all and averages it out. So, like, LeBron shot 14 free throws a game, and then I was just looking at Steph's. He only shoots, like, 10 free throws a game. He, on average, makes about 10 threes a game when he drops 50. (laughs) Not that it's a shock to anybody, but it's about, which is why it looks like a light show, because he's just pulling up from wherever, and he's shooting 62% in those games. But, okay, what what was your first thoughts when Kyrie got traded? Or, sorry, what was your first thoughts when he put in his... Trade request or demand because obviously that happened. We haven't talked really since then. Uh, his hold on. Look, I just want to. I just want to watch his Dante Divincenzo. Divincenzo caught a body. You said he had a pretty good dunk. Wasn't as good as I thought it was going to be, judged by the hype. But it was a good poster. Uh, what did I think when Kyrie demanded this trade? I wasn't surprised. I mean, I was kind of surprised just because everything seemed to be going pretty great in Brooklyn. Yeah, no, he didn't know nothing from the anti-Semitic after that. He came back and he was fine. Yeah, like they Chilling. were by far, they were by far the most dramatic team of the offseason. Then Kyrie had his his whole issue early on in the season, and then they were truly contender status after that. Like 
up until Katie's injury. Yeah. And even then, in a flow with Kyrie. Uh, and Katie's whole thing is, you know, I'm going to ride it out here as long as Kyrie's here. So I was especially surprised only on that end to see him demand a trade because, yeah. you know, everything's rolling. you got a shot at a ring here. But I guess I should not be surprised because it is Kyrie Irving. Uh, then when I saw him get traded to the Mavs, that sort of surprised me, you know, uh, mm-hmm. more so on the Mavs part, I guess. Not so much that they, they were a team because it made sense. Uh, I actually think it's hard to say because they lost Finney Smith, who's a plus defender. Um, who else did they lose in that trade, by the way? So, the, so the, the exact trade was Kyrie, Mer- Kyrie, Kyrie, Kyrie Irving, Kyrie Irving and Markeith Morris for Spencer Dinwiddie, right. Dorian uh, Finney Smith, uh, 2027 second, a 29 first unprotected, and a 29 second. So you're losing a bench score really in Dinwiddie. Because let's say did what he stays there, Kyrie is in the starting lineup. Uh, so you're not really losing, you're losing a scoring weapon in Dinwiddie, but you're not really losing much when you're adding Kyrie, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, I mean, who knows? We'll, maybe we'll see the Mavs do more. You know, maybe they'll gain some defenders, especially since that was such their identity of their success last year was their defense. Yeah, low key. Along, along with Doncic and Brunson. Uh, felt like kind of the a uh, the f- not not to the same extent, but kind of felt like the Sixers in 01. Like you just had that one really good score, and then everyone else was just three and D. But going right, right, and uh, you know, I'd said before the season, I thought the Brunson loss would really hurt the Mavericks because you know he'd kind of balance them out a little bit. He'd be their one A point guard almost, mm-hmm. to Don- you know, because as gifted as a passer as Doncic is. He's not really, even though he piles up assists quite a bit, he's not really looking at it, looking for it as much as LeBron, per se. Uh, he's looking for his bucket more. And, you know, that's just hard in playoffs. You know what I mean? And, you know, barring Phoenix's meltdown, like they had a complete meltdown, and there's been so much shit that's came out about that. I think if you play that game ten times, Phoenix wins that game. Seven? At least, at least seven times, you know. Uh so I think this is great for Dallas if it all works out. You just never fucking know with Kyrie. You just never know. Like I said, it was going great after his suspension, and then here's a trade request, and then a few days later, here's the trade. I wouldn't even be surprised to see him traded tomorrow. I wouldn't be. I just would not be surprised to see him traded tomorrow. Uh, I think, shit, I guess, I, you know, I would not be surprised to see him in L.A. this summer once he becomes a free agent. Yeah. Uh, That'll kind of go with what I'm going to say about the next trade we talk about, which is the Westbrook one. Uh, I, I think Westbrook and Anthony Davis were extremely weird last night. Davis had no engagement in the game. Uh, there was a video, I don't know if you saw this video, but there was a video of AD on the bench when Braun breaks the record. And he's like the only person in the building not cheering. He's sitting down kind of sulking. That was really weird. Uh Westbrook had an especially weird game last night where he just, like, wasn't passing Braun the ball, it seems like. Yeah, no, there was multiple, like, especially in the third quarter, like, LeBron was starting to get rolling, and there was this one specifically that I remember where Westbrook kind of, like, called his own number, and I was like, yeah, do we not understand the moment that this is right now? Just, like, give him, let LeBron run the offense. If LeBron's a willing passer, he even passed on, like, shots that he possibly could have forced up because he's not, he's LeBron still which is why yeah. that record was so great to even watch. 
He didn't force like really much. He like pressed the issue sometimes, but he didn't really force much. It's like, what are you doing, Westbrook? Like, come on. Yeah, I thought, I thought Braun was looking for forcing a little more last night. I felt like he wanted to get it over. With oh, he wanted night. to get it for sure. So he was like looking for his shot more, but he wasn't like taking terrible shots to try to get it. He was just more so no. calling. He was pressing the issue like, okay, I'm going to look for me rather than I'm going to just try to get others involved first. Sure, sure. Uh, so, yeah, no, just a super weird game between those two. I agree. Last and, um, like, there was one play, Westbrook, I forget it was the first or second quarter. LeBron had leaked. And Westbrook just, like, threw it out of bounds. <laughs> and Westbrook's, like, Westbrook's a turnover machine, but there's one thing you can do is hit a guy long who's, like, pretty much by himself. Like, there's a defender in between, but all you can do is, like, throw it up. You know what I mean? Yeah. And LeBron was near the rim, and Westbrook threw it, like, it was baseline, but, like, closer to the Lakers bench. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. right side of the rim. So, I don't know. And so, like, I'd heard from, like, other podcasts I'd listened to today, like, from people in the building that Westbrook's whole vibe was weird last night. And then, of course, he gets traded today. So, maybe he, like, knew something and was just pissed about it. Uh, Westbrook, I mean, shit. LeBron's the most polarizing player in any sport that I've ever seen. Maybe Barry Bonds you could throw in there because of the whole steroid mm-hmm. shit of that era. And like you said, baseball, once upon a time, really was popular. And in the mainstream, the same way the NBA and NFL is now. Yeah. Or it always has been, really. Um, but LeBron is, like, the most polarizing athlete that I can think of. Besides him. Maybe A-Rod, too. A-Rod was pretty polarizing in his day. Again, but, two baseball guys. But, yeah, no, like, uh, LeBron would definitely be. Because NFL-wise, I mean, I guess but, you would have to say Tom. But, like, again, just, just because not, people I'm hate not, that. But he's not really that polarizing. It's more so people just hated the success. It was like the Patriots were more so polarizing than Tom himself. Yeah, the Patriots were polarizing. Yeah, more so uh, than Tom himself. But yeah, no, LeBron definitely. That's definitely. And even then, the the point I'm getting to here, like as far as the NBA goes, the next most polarizing guy I've seen is by far Westbrook. Yeah, and he's level of LeBron, but you either love or you hate Westbrook. There's no in between. There is no in between. And except for, uh, I think me, I don't really <laughs> I have no really opinion on Westbrook. I guess he's all you have right. no opinion. I mean, no, you know, I have an opinion on Westbrook, but I just don't love him. But I don't hate him. Like he's no, but I mean, that's he, my he point. upsets he upsets me because like at times I look at him like, why are you shooting threes? You can't do that. But then there are some games where I'm like, oh wow, Westbrook understood what his play style is like. So let's just do that more. But yeah, yeah, and that, you know that's basically what I mean. I mean, there was he's always you have an opinion on him. There was talks early in his career when it was him and KD and Harden, uh, whether fairly or unfairly, that, like, Westbrook would take shots away from KD, this and that, like, that Westbrook does too much. Like, it's followed Westbrook his entire career. And, you know, now he's going to Utah. Uh, I don't know whether he's going to get – I doubt he'll get bought out. His contract's crazy. Um, But it's just weird, you know what I mean? Because he is, without a doubt, however you want to break it down you put the league from from when Westbrook entered the league which i think is 08 mm-hmm. he's unquestionably a top 10 player from that time till now you know what i mean throughout his career it's just you know it's unquestionable you know his stats and you know his accolades as far as all nbas all stars westbrook's up there right um you know now he's going to go to utah and just you know he's literally just a trade piece and he does not have much value 
but at the same time keeps getting traded. It's just bizarre. It really is. And I truly feel bad for him. At the same time, he does do it to himself. Like you said, he just makes such boneheaded plays for someone of of that level of talent. You know what I mean? And someone who's been yeah. playing the point position for that long. He does. He just truly has no, I don't want to say no feel for the game, but for a point guard, yeah, it's not where you'd like it to be. You compare it to James Harden, you know, someone who was in the same, on the same team as him. Yeah, it's much different, yes. you know, and, you know, if you if you caught Westbrook late, though, I mean, that was the thing. When he came out, he was a two-guard in college, really more of the Tony Allen ilk, like a defense-first kind of guy. But he was so athletic, like his his stock, like, raised the closer we got to draft time that year. And he went number four. Yeah. And you know, that you, was the whole thing. They were going to convert him to point guard. and The underachieving results, UCLA team. Yeah, yeah. And the results have been mixed. I mean, like you said, he's an all-time great player. He's a first ballot Hall of Famer, but man, has he been polarizing his entire time of like, what the fuck is this guy doing? But then you look at the numbers and, you know, that's just the argument. What you actually see versus what his numbers are. And then you add how hard he plays on top of that. And you just got, you know, a nonstop basketball argument with Russell Westbrook. You really do. You really really do. I I hope Trent comes on because I have something to say about Westbrook because he he sent me an Instagram post about something to do with Jokic's triple doubles versus Westbrook's. And I was just, you know, like, I, I like Westbrook personally. Like, I, I do. I understand he has terrible decision-making at times. But, you know, for the most part, I'd want a guy like Westbrook on my team. Just how hard he plays, you know. That's, you want to root for that. But uh, I think he certainly chased triple doubles in his, in his triple double seasons. We'll say that. Uh, yeah. I think it was pretty clear that not just him, like the Thunder made it a thing, you know, he, like they wouldn't, anytime a foul shot went up, like they'd box out and let Westbrook get it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they literally do things like that. They were going out of their way to get him those numbers. Uh, you know, compare that to Jokic, who's seven feet and lives around the basket. Those rebounds are going to fall to him. He had a 27 rebound game. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, Kind of hard to chase in that matter, but that's another argument for another day. But here, I'll let you talk. I've been going on about Westbrook for a bit, but I do have a point here I want to get to with Westbrook and the Lakers. But I'm gonna let you react first. So the Kyrie trade, to first bring it back to where we started with that Kyrie trade. The Kyrie trade when he put in a request, I was like, I was shocked and expecting at the same time, like. The Kyrie front was quiet, so you expected something to happen soon. I just wasn't expecting it to be a trade request because you heard nothing of it. But then at the same time, thinking of it, it's Kyrie Irving. So really, what could you not expect? Like tomorrow, as you said, he could ask for a trade tomorrow. He could say, I'm hanging it up after today's game because it didn't go well. And I'd be like, oh, well, it's Kyrie. You never know. <laughs> you you really don't know with this guy. Never. So... So it threw me off a little bit, but then I was trying to think of packages for him. I was like, he's probably going to go to L.A. And then I saw the Clippers get involved, and I saw Dallas get involved, and I didn't – I don't know how I love the fit there. I think that they lost a lot of defense, and I lost – like they lost kind of – I don't know how great that Luka and Kyrie are going to fit together. We'll see. Obviously, it'll be nice to have Kyrie when you need to spell Luca because he Kyrie is obviously 
can score and run an offense. It's just going to be interesting to see if Luca plays off the ball some and how he does off the ball because obviously he's been a guy who has uh, pretty much like the highest, if not like top three for usage rate every single year he's been in the league pretty much. So it's going to be interesting to see him come off the ball and play off of it. So I think he can do it because he's a phenomenal basketball player. It's just going to be interesting to see how that goes. I actually like the move for the Nets. If you can, if you plan on keeping KD, which they think, which they want to, if you can get a Chris Middleton style, who's going to be on the market. I don't know if he'll actually leave Milwaukee, but if you can get another player like that to match up with Kevin Durant, that team can be kind of built exactly how the Bucks are, which is a superstar up top. And then, I mean, this also has to do with Ben Simmons too, but it's, so it's a little bit different of a configuration, but it's a superstar up top and then a lot of great role players and that know what they are. And then they would just need that second star. But so I actually like the move for the Nets. I don't know how it works for Dallas. It really all depends. It could go well if Luka and Kyrie vibe well together. It could also go kind of like the Porzingis experience. But this all has to come down to Kyrie. So that is my thoughts there. And then when you get to Westbrook, it was expected at some point. Like... It, you felt like it was coming. Like you just kept hearing rumblings of it, and he was playing well enough this year to where like a new a team would want him, or at least like see it as like a piece that they can move off of. And then for the Lakers, they got D'Angelo Russell back. Obviously drafted him number two, I believe, and then he's made a full circle and he's now back. So that's good. A guy who can run the offense when LeBron's on the bench. A guy who can shoot, Malik Beasley, another guy who can shoot, and Jarrett Vanderbilt who can play defense. And so I think I like the move for them. It's a win now move. Like obviously, they traded away that twenty twenty seven pick. That's been whew, been one of those picks. But overall, for the Lakers, I like the win now move because the West right now is open. Obviously, the Nuggets right now I would say are the class of the West. Then there would be the Grizzlies, and then, but everything else under those two is wide open. Like the Lakers somehow could manage their way to the three seed, and it wouldn't be that crazy just because of how the standings are. So I like that they're going for, especially with how LeBron's playing. So I like the move for them and getting off of Westbrook. I like the move for the Jazz too, because they're getting just a bunch of picks, and they have some young talent that they're moving forward. But those are my thoughts, initial thoughts on both of the trades. I'll respond to uh, to Kyrie, for, and I kind of already mentioned how I feel about the mask one. I think it'll, I think it'll work out on the offensive end. Yeah, I mean, they'll, they can. I think I think it probably will manage to work its way out. Um, because it's going to be a better version of Jalen Brunson. Like, hey, Kyrie, go get a bucket. Like, that's going to work out. What's you know. If they don't make moves tomorrow, how are they going to defend? Mm-hmm. You know, as far as on offense, I think they're pretty much going to be a match made in heaven. They both can spot up. Uh, they both are a, a literal walking bucket, each of them. Uh, I think they'll be great together. All depends on if Kyrie wants to play or not. You know, so far, so good. One game in. Um, <laughs> it just depends on what, what Kyrie mode you get. Because, like, sometimes Kyrie's in that unselfish mode. 
And then sometimes he's in that like super selfish mode. I just don't see that going over well with Luca. Yeah. But and he he never he never I mean I can say this, he played for the Celtics. He never really gets into a a ball hog mode. For Kyrie, what it is is if he wants to play or not. He will at, we've seen him quit on a team, right? Uh even low key that bubble season when everything shut down, Kyrie was injured, he was able to come back and chose not to come back. You know? Uh that's the stuff with Kyrie. As far as on the court, if he's engaged, he's gonna be he's gonna move the ball. He's probably a better passer than what he's given credit for. He's really he's kind uh, of in that almost Kobe like style where if he needed to, he could go get you ten assists. I guess. Right. And you know, Kyrie's been hyper efficient, like even this year. He's and this may be he, one of his best seasons. Yeah. So I mean, you know, that's a winner for the Mavericks. Will he stay? Who knows? Uh on the Nets side, you'd like to see them get more talent. I like how you said Chris Middleton because I think Finney Smith reminds me of a young Middleton. Yeah. As far as me, Middleton's obviously got more of a one-on-one game. Yeah. Uh, I assume that the Nets are making more moves. That's what's reported is that they're going to try to make more moves for tomorrow because their talent does not really stack up. But at the same time, they're a very deep team. Now they're like 11, 12 deep. Uh, with the emergence they, of Cam Thomas, like they, the the thing with their Nets team is they're built. They really right now with there being no Chris Middleton this season, pretty much for the Bucks, the Bucks and the Nets rosters pretty much stack up like right across the board. Like the the edge would be is the fact that Ben Simmons is supposed to be what Drew Holiday is for that team, and he's not that. So that would be that Drew Holiday would be the edge if you're just canceling out Giannis and KD, because like yeah. after that, the rosters really stack up well. Yeah. Yeah. I would, yeah. I would say, yeah, after holiday. For yeah. Sure. It was, like holiday and Simmons they... are supposed to be that, but they're not holiday is much better than Ben Simmons. But after those, like the top two, the roster stack up really well, really the drew holiday is the difference between the rosters. This is without Chris Middleton. Yeah. Yeah. No holidays had a, spectacular season uh simmons simmons leaves a lot to be desired still uh, he still refuses to shoot around the rim uh, so i'm really interested to see what katie's level i mean look katie's likely not going to get traded tomorrow so you I know hope. he's I, I he's, not, it. he's not going to come back and sulk he's going to give it 100 percent. so i'm really interested to see what that team looks like as a collective, especially if they don't make any more moves, then it will really be KD versus the world almost because you're not going to get the production out of Simmons that you would like, you know, especially when you traded James Harden for him. You're just not going to get it. You know, you might get some defense, you might get some playmaking, but he's still not even to the level of his peak in Philly. So, you know, TBD on both sides there. I think I like it a little better for the Mavericks, surprisingly. Uh, but again, who knows? Maybe the Nets do take some of their depth and try to get a quality, you know, at least one of I mean, they do got Dinwiddie, who's a one-on-one scorer. So we'll see. I don't know. I'm very intrigued by this I, Nets roster. I like their roster, and they're, miss, they're like one piece away from being like perfectly constructed. Like they're yeah. really like if they're an off-season signing of again, as I said, like a Chris Middleton type, like a guy who can play defense but also can get his own shot, like a Tim Siakam, like that kind of player. I mean, Siakam's obviously a little better, but like 
see like that type of player they're that away from having to me a like perfectly constructed roster because they've got a lot now and they can play like legitimate defense yeah they've been one of the better defensive teams since since Nashville fired mm-hmm. uh, now to the Jazz and Lakers that trade and T-Wolves as well uh, look anytime Danny Ainge makes a trade he seems to win it uh, so he gets another first round pick he gets Westbrook which is good if they're, I mean, they're in the playing spot right now. They're at the 10. So if that's what they're aiming for, then, you know, in a way you win that trade. You know, Westbrook's an, an expiring contract, which is why I think this is a dumb trade on the Lakers' part. Because, yes, they did get a good haul back with D'Angelo Russell, Vanderbilt, and they also got Malik Beasley, Beasley right? Yeah. Jared Vanderbilt and uh, Malik Beasley. So that is a good haul. Those are three good young players. Angela Russell's still only 26, I believe. Uh, Vanderbilt will give you some defense. Beasley, not so much. So, yeah, you've got more shooting. So it makes you incrementally better if you're the Lakers because the Lakers have issues all over. They did solve some shooting. But I don't necessarily see them shooting up from the 13 seed to the 3 seed, per se. Oh, I don't um, think they will particularly. I'm just saying they uh, – I forgot, I forgot how well Sacramento's playing right now. They are about – six games out of it at the moment. I don't think they will get up to the three seed. I'm just saying like they now are going to be a playoff team to me for sure. Like, yeah. that's how I, like because before, like if they didn't make any moves and they didn't make the playoffs, it wouldn't have fully shocked me. But like now I could, I would be pretty shocked if they missed. Right. I, I think they're a second round exit, but I yeah, think they- at least they're at least they're better than like a play a play in exit or a not even not even involved like an NIA team. <laughs> yeah. NIT. And the reason why I think that's a bad move is because, all right, if the season wasn't going anywhere anyway, and you still have LeBron and AD and the goal is rings and you're a free agent destination, then the biggest asset there is Russell Westbrook's 47 million coming off the books this summer. I mean, that is, aside from draft picks, expiring contracts are the biggest asset you can have in this league. And for you to have the biggest contract in the league coming off your books at $47 million, that everyone says is untradeable, but it's been traded three times. And that would have been coming off your books with, who know, I, like, I don't know how the free agent class in front of me, but I think it's a pretty loaded class if I remember right. Like yes. Durant. Yeah, like Durant's in there. Uh bunch of people are in there and maybe who knows maybe the lakers do still have a good amount of expirings but i don't know i would have held on to westbrook unloaded his contract you know when he becomes a free agent you know and naturally comes off your books and then you've got a ton of a ton of space you already don't have draft picks really aside now you have one draft pick left in the 2020s uh the 2029 pick i believe mm-hmm. and you're gonna have i'm assuming you're gonna have d'angelo russell and these other guys under contract. Uh, D'Angelo Van- Russell is actually a free agent this year. Is he? And yeah. he might, I'm assuming he's somewhere in the 20 million, but. 29. 29. So that's, you know, that coming off the books is good. But I mean, I think I would have rather had 47 coming off the books. So. Because I'm looking know, at it right now. There's actually going to be a good class, but go on. Yeah, no, I just, you know, more to be determined with them. Uh, and also Malik Beasley is a free agent. So I guess that is where that money is. So essentially, so, so like the, oh. the Russell and Beasley contracts equal the Westbrook contract. So essentially, they kind of 
because contract wise, I did not know that either. So apparently, actually, they did fine contractually if they both if they let Russell go because the Russell Beasley having them for a year is better than having Westbrook for a year. Like the rest of the year. Back what I said, you know, if it's the same amount of money coming off the books, then you know that is an upgrade. Because yeah, I mean, it's been they've been wanting Westbrook gone basically since he's got there. Mm-hmm. You know, he, they were all on board, and it's, you know, let's not get it twisted here. LeBron definitely signed off on that move, so. But yeah, they're free of Westbrook. Again, yeah. wouldn't be surprised if he's moved tomorrow again. You know, wouldn't be surprised if he's moved yeah. again. Because um, like this off season right now, I'm just just to kind of think about it. Like there's Westbrook, Middleton, and Harden are both player options. Kyrie's unrestricted. Porzingis is a player option. Kevin Love, D'Angelo, Vucevic are all unrestricted. Draymond and Fred VanVleet are on player options. And then it kind of dwindles down from there. Other Jeremy Grant's unrestricted, uh, Christian Woods unrestricted. But after that, it kind of goes to more role players. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there's. It should be a quality depth of free aging class. Um, but yeah, no, to be determined. Like I said, I would not be surprised to see Westbrook traded tomorrow. He's going to be an interesting one to see how his career winds down yeah. after this. After this L.A., you know, whatever you want to call it, whatever that marriage was. So, yeah, he's going to be a Utah Jazz at least for these next 12 hours, at least 12 to 16. And, uh, yeah, we'll see how it goes. We definitely will. So I'm excited. I'm excited for the trade deadline uh, more. Do you have any thoughts on who you have in getting traded in your mind? Like, do you have any player that you're like, oh, that guy can move? Uh, none at all, really. Uh, I think there will be impact players move. The two players that would be the main targets for it, like event, would have been Kyrie and Westbrook. Uh, so, I mean, look, I expect Denver to make moves tomorrow. I expect Memphis. And I expect... Let me think about this. The Knicks made a move tonight. I wouldn't be surprised if the Knicks made more moves tomorrow. Uh, it all depends, because we might see players... Look, okay, so here's one from the East that everyone's saying will probably make moves, and that's the Raptors. So I would look for the Raptors, the again, the Grizzlies and Nuggets, in my opinion, especially with the Nuggets being so close here. Yeah. Uh, the Warriors, we'll see whether they move Wiseman or not, because I think it's kind of now or never, and especially with this Steph injury, I feel like you'd want to get something back, you know, for this playoff run, especially with the way Draymond and Clay's coming along now. But Draymond's quietly been playing – very well. Yes. Clay's uh, been balling. He has 28 tonight, and he had 42 on 12 of 16 threes the other night. Like Clay, and then last month was like one of his most high scoring months he's ever had. Like he's been actually back, which is a, which is a really good sign for them, obviously moving forward. And then Jordan Poole always seems to play fine when he's in place of Steph. Like he's meant yeah. to be a, like him as like a second co star starter. It's like his perfect role. Sometimes he doesn't fit in well as the third because like he almost gets like in and out of his grooves and doesn't know how to fully pick his spots with that group yet. But yeah, yeah. No, I wouldn't. I'm yeah. Again, I'm looking for in the West Nuggets, Warriors, Grizzlies to make moves tomorrow. And the Mavs might make another thing. I think, or they might wait to the buyout market and maybe get a buyout guy. Yeah, Mavs are to play defense. 
the way their team's constructed, they don't have a ton of assets. That's true. Because they got rid of a lot of picks, too. But in the East, again, the Nets, I would look for. The Raptors, everyone's saying that they're going to make moves. The Heat, then, I could see making maybe a move or two. They're kind of at he that could be, He could be active. If not, they'll definitely hit the buyout market. Yeah, um, so I could see them possibly moving off of Kyle Lowry. And then I would look for Milwaukee. I wouldn't be surprised if Milwaukee made a move. Mm-hmm. Just to, just something to bolster their bench. And, you know, they got assets. But as far as everyone else, like Celtics, I don't – if I if they do make a move, it's – Somewhere on the bench, uh, but they look pretty set. Philly seems pretty set. They're quietly been a top five team. They're quietly, last month. yeah. they have quietly been cooking. <laughs> they, uh, yeah, they are becoming the team I envision them to be in the preseason. Uh, and you know, I think it was Daryl Morey who said, I forget which stretch of the season. Maybe it was without Harden or something. But he said, you know, we're going to see how this team does during this stretch. And you know we'll judge if we need to make a trade on that. And they've been pretty lights out since since that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't expect Philly or Boston to make a trade. The Cavs yeah. have been. They have to say the Cavs have been kind of what I thought they were going to be this season. Yeah, but, Cavs. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see the Cavs pick someone else up tomorrow too. They might need to get something a little bit more offensively. Defensively, they're like the best defensive team in the league. Like they're one of them right now. I think their offensive. Their opponent's points per game right now is like 106, which is like the number one in the league. So they've been, they've been playing great. Like defensively with Jared Allen and Mobley, Mobley is a freak. I usually – I'll be starting work like right when the deadline is going to be hooking up, cooking up. So I'm going to be glued to Twitter tomorrow. And I, 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 wait, I think it's going to be a very active deadline. Uh who knows? Maybe Siakam gets moved. We've heard his name thrown around there. So, I don't know. I Mike, mean, in a wide, in a wide open league, the way it is right now, where you've legitimately got for sure six teams that can win it. Yeah. Uh, you know, you sh- you should expect to see some movement from the top of the league, especially middle. Where do you think or, Siakam would go? If no you had, idea. If you obviously you wouldn't have no idea. Okay, I wasn't sure if you I had like, any I, idea at all. I mean, like. If you're a team like the Knicks, you know what I mean? If you're in the middle of the pack, that's that's what you're going to want to look for, right? Someone like that. Maybe, uh, I don't know, maybe Brooklyn can move something for Siakam. I don't know. I really don't know. It all depends. It all depends. And like I, I think I meant to mention this earlier, the teams who are going to be looking for Wembyana, this is, this is the exact moment you're looking to unload and say, all right, we're out. Screw the playoff run. Fuck all that. We're trying to get to the bottom of the bottom. You know what I mean? So, you know, if that's the Raptors, now's the time. You know what I mean? If you're going to reboot, you might as well all the way reboot and say, when I'm young. Because Van Vliet after this year, I believe is on a player option. And then if you trade Siakam, I know there's talks about OG being traded as well. He, I think someone said they, I think there were reports that he might be the more likely of the two. I think if someone uh like Raptors could just uh, blow it all up. If the if Siakam's move tomorrow, I think it's going to be either to like one of four teams. I could see him getting moved to Brooklyn. I could see them packaging. I could see him getting moved to Miami if they're able to get like a 
maybe get Kyle Lowry to go back home with like a couple of maybe Tyler Hero and something else. I wouldn't really want to trade Hero, but I could see them Heat maybe doing something like that. Uh, interestingly enough, I could see the Warriors trying to do something. I don't know if they have enough that they'd be willing to get rid of because I think you would have to get rid of Draymond, and I couldn't see him doing that. You'd have to get like a Wiseman, Kaminga, maybe Draymond, and then a couple picks to go with that. Or you could see there was another team I had that I was looking at that I could see as well, but I had forgotten that team. So, yeah, those would be the teams that I would see if Siaka moves. I don't think he does. I think it would be OG if one of the two move. I hope Siakam does, though, because I love huge trades. Like, if Kevin Durant got traded tomorrow, I would be stoked. <laughs> I just love huge moves. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't see KD getting traded. Oh, uh, I, I absolutely don't see it, but I would just be stoked. Like, I'm, I would be stoked just off of the idea that, like, a top three player, top five player, wherever you want to put him, is getting moved. And I will have no idea where he would go. Like, Golden State obviously would hit your mind because he's been there before. Uh, but I'd have no idea where he would go. Yeah, the only big name I could see is Siakam. And uh, yeah, OG, OG, they're supposedly a bidding war for. They're saying maybe three first-round picks for OG, which is crazy because he's an all-star. But, hey, the market's the market. And uh, I don't know. I think it's going to be very active. Uh, you know, usually when it's like that, you just you really never know. You usually see a lot of quality bench players who, you know, truly can swing, you know, contending teams. You know, if you get an impact bench player, that, that, that can do it. And the league, the Clippers are throwing there too. Clippers got a lot of depth that they can move around. Yeah. Uh, you know, the league truly can ebb and flow on that you know the league the way the league's set up right now it's very evenly balanced to where yeah a bench move could swing it uh and yeah i'm very interested the more i'm thinking about it to see what toronto does because I, I i don't know why i have this weird feeling that when is going to toronto like i just have this weird feeling like he feels like he's meant to just own a country like I don't, I don't know. I, well, I mean, they they got they better trade Siakam then. Yeah, like I could see them move. Like I don't know. I just could see them getting him for some reason. Like because I go in my head and I'm looking at like these lower level teams as to who I could picture him on. Like Houston, interesting. I could say I guess I could see that San Antonio. It feels like the time they t- they tanked, they got Timmy. So cool. I don't want him in Detroit. Him and LaMelo would be cool and all. I don't really want him in a Hornets uniform. Uh, the Magic, I would love it. That would be fun. But like, I I mentally like see Toronto and just see him like running Toronto. Toronto fits. We'll see. If we'll see. everything fits for it, I think it would be a, a match made. Have you got a great coach? You've got Scotty Barnes. If they would trade Siakam, you would still have OG. Um, Van Vliet would probably opt into his player option and they would be right back into a championship market. <laughs> They'd be right back in the championship market. Van Vliet's another one who could be moved tomorrow too. Yeah, uh, yeah I don't really have much more on I don't that. at all. I expect that. that by the time I wake up tomorrow, there will be another minor, if not in between minor and major, 
move, you know, impact, impact bench player moved, you know, sometime tomorrow morning or even overnight. Uh, we'll see. But if Kyrie and Westbrook were moved before the deadline and you got a, you know, two role players being moved tonight, particularly to uh, the Knicks who are trying to be a playoff team and remain in the playoff picture. Yeah. The Blazers are there too, but, you know, Reddish is not as quality of a player as Josh Hart is, as of yet at least. Um, Yeah, I would expect a ton of moves tomorrow. I think tomorrow's going to be a very active deadline. I really do. I hope Um, so. I hope there's a star traded tomorrow again too. I would love it for it to be Siakam. I think that'd be really interesting. But, yeah, no real predictions other than, like I said, my teams to watch would be the Warriors, Grizzlies, Nuggets, Brooklyn, Milwaukee. Uh, who the fuck else did I name? I said Miami. Toronto. Miami. Yeah, I can see Miami. Miami's a little, you know, hero would be the one to move, and it doesn't seems like they're pretty locked into him for right now at least. So, <clears throat> excuse me. So I don't see it with Miami. Yeah, I see them more as a buyout option. That's fair enough. I could, I, I, I would like to see a move of some sorts, but we'll see tomorrow. I'm excited. It's gonna be fun. I was gonna say, and I let me see if I can find the post. But it was one of the more interesting stats I've ever seen in my life. Uh, the Hawks. I don't know if they are now, but they were as of the other day. A 500 team, right? Yeah. They're under, under 500, I know. They are now? Yeah. Let me see if I can find this post. But they were a 500 team, and they had – let me think about this. They had, like – they'd given up the same amount of points as they'd scored or something like that. Let me – hold on. All right, so at this time, this was actually six days ago. So the Hawks were 26 and 26. They were 17 and 17 against the East. Nine and nine against the West. They were eighth out of fifteen teams in the East. Uh, I thought there was. Oh yeah, there's only thirty teams, thirty-two in the NFL. But they had scored six thousand fifty-seven points and allowed six thousand fifty-seven points. So at the point when they were exactly five hundred, everything about them was dead the, average. The definition of an average ball club. <laughs> five hundred against both the East and the West right in the middle as far as uh, they're standing in the East and had given up the same amount of points they'd score. I've never seen anything like that, but that's one of my favorite stats I've seen in a while. No, that's just – that's they're just a 500 team that through and through. <laughs> but uh, listen, we will be back on Friday with a couple of guests. We will be previewing the Super Bowl. I think we made it the whole entire – podcast without saying super bowl which is insane on the wednesday before the super yeah, bowl we said we said kansas city philly but we didn't actually say the word super bowl the only reason why we brought them up was we were talking about uh ufc and now we've said it at least four or five times in the last 30 seconds Whatever. but uh <laughs> can't wait to talk super bowl sunday uh shit we'll have to we'll also have to give halftime show predictions we gave halftime show predictions last year do you want to give one right now, or you want to wait till Friday? I'm going to wait until Friday. All right, cool. Uh, yeah, can't wait. I think Sunday's going to be an outstanding game. But this was a fun podcast. Again, not only – excuse me for a second. I got a fucking burp. All right, we're good. So not only will Friday be, you know, as I said earlier in the podcast, 
it'll probably be a review of tomorrow's moves, you know? So we'll probably be also reviewing the moves as well as previewing the game Sunday. So, you know, Friday should be a pretty star-studded show as far as, you know, the topics, as far as the people. So I can't wait. Friday's going to be a fun show for sure. It will be. One last thing I wanted to say before we head out, is I know they can kind of be up and down a little bit and how you feel about the Grammys, but shout out to Beyonce for now winning the most Grammys ever. I just wanted to say that. That was pretty cool. That's another cool thing to see. Does she have the most Grammys now? She, yeah, I mean she won the she won the, this year. She had now eclipsed and now has the most Grammys ever. Yeah, I was considering watching the Grammys. I really was. I was like, you know what? I might. And then 8 o'clock rolled around, and I did not. And then 9 o'clock rolled around, and I still did not. And I never checked in. And then I found out Bad Bunny did not win Album of the Year, which should have been the favorite. Harry Styles won it. Whatever. But that should have been Bad Bunny's award. Uh, Kendrick Lamar won the uh, Best Rap Album, which is good. Mm. That seems like a very Grammys pick. not saying it's not deserving, but that's a that's what the Grammys looks for is pretty much the most commercial lyrical rapper they can find and give it to him or the most artistic and, even. And they didn't um, give it to him for good kid, Mad City. Cause Macklemore decided to be the one. Yeah, Mac- <laughs> they didn't give it for arguably his best album, but yeah, not that and this one's bad. Cause this one's great too, but still, I forget what the, I forget what exact category it was, but I don't know her name. Like I can, I can picture it, but I can't. I don't. She's like an '80s star, but she won like. I mean, she might be a country star, but she won some award over like. It might have been Song of the Year. I don't know. It was a major award, and she won it over the likes of Beyonce and Kendrick, and probably Bad Bunny as well. And I think she was even surprised to win it. So I mean, that's just that's just typical Grammys. You know what I mean? Yeah, they are. I was gonna say so. Like as I was saying, like with that, I just wanted to put it out there also that congrats to her oh it was a uh, bonnie rate or right no, yeah right um wanted over uh break my soul beyonce over harry styles taylor swift uh kendrick lamar the hard part five easy on me adele god did with dj khaled Lil Wayne, jay-z about damn time lizzo yeah but what <laughs> what was it uh record of the year uh his first song i think yes song of the year uh just like that's the name of the song. Heard of whatever whatever song she had, I guarantee you I have not heard it. And as you listed off those songs, like that was the most grand thing I've ever heard. Like, you know, look what look what DJ Khaled had to do to get a nomination. He had to he had to basically Kanye his album up. You know, Kanye went the gospel route. DJ Khaled goes the gospel route. He gets a Grammy nomination. You know, yeah. Uh, they're just so damn predictable. And not saying those those nominations aren't worthy. Kendrick's worthy. Beyonce's worthy. DJ Khaled's worthy. All of them. All of them are worthy. But they're just so damn predictable. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but uh, that was it. I just wanted to... It was still a cool feat to see. I know, obviously, as we were just talking about, the Grammys can be up and down and how they rate. But it was pretty cool to see that she won it. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Only Grammys... I- I'll jam my own. <laughs> so, well, I am. That's all I have for today. All right. Yeah, I'm good too. Uh, yeah, like I said, we'll be back Friday talking Super Bowl, talking trade deadline. Uh, shit. I mean, 
if anything crazy crazy happens, maybe we'll pop on tomorrow. You know, maybe maybe LeBron gets traded for KD or some shit tomorrow. Listen, KD no. gets traded, I will will be here. Either you hear my voice or you hear Kyle's or both of us, but you'll probably hear from us tomorrow if KD gets traded. <laughs> so <For sure>. <laughs> something <laughs> crazy. All right, we're out of here. Warner Brothers Podcast. Keenan, good talking to you. You as well.